Love is funny. Love is gravity. Love is a touch. Love is being vulnerable. Love is a dagger. What is love to you? This is Selena. Welcome to East Village Love Stories. Today, from WNYU FM 89.1, I'll bring to you a story from Arya Yang titled "An Obit for Love." Arya, take the stage. It's the morning after he left you. The world looks beautiful today. Beautiful, but it has ended. You sit at your desk with a pen in your hand, waiting for the sadness to hit. Tears leak and leak down to the journal pages till your mind runs dry. The world ended last night, but somehow you still exist. The world has ended. Grief pours out of your body like blood running out of a fresh open wound. Every word you say, an obituary. Your relationship died a painful death last night. Over the phone screen, you watched it draw its final breath. I don't want to hurt your little heart, he said. His voice burns in your head, a melody too beautiful to be hated. Everything is wrong now. Every inch of you is stained with the memory of his touch. Your body crumbles like cigarette ashes, no longer ignited, no longer holding on. But love lingers, like a phantom limb. It lingers, gone, but still there, but gone. You will never write in the language of happiness again, for the person who taught you happiness has left and took your words with him. You finally understand your mother's loneliness now. To love someone so stubbornly, to continue loving even when it burns you. Eighteen years after your father left, your mother's heartache now lives forever in your body. She doesn't ask you how you feel, but whether you're sleeping well. Insomnia is the only expression of pain she admits to. Her words were robbed as well. Love has died. But it lived a passionate life. You play back the moments when love was all there was, in the air, in your stomach, in the square inch of skin on your forehead that touched his. Love. But love stood watching as you broke into pieces on the midnight street. Love quivered and begged when you stormed out of the room. Love hurt. Love feared. Love heartened. And love grew cold. The shadows of your loveless girlhood come to haunt you. The realization that you loved wrong. Love once promised you redemption, but love has fallen. And now the healing begins. In anxiety and panic, it begins. You wake up to a city without him, collecting the pieces of your heart, your body, your spirit, your words, everything that he used to hold. Love's absence pokes you every day. You feel like playing a character who's no longer his lover. But you place your cathedral in a tree hole and seal it. Every morning it gets better. You tell yourself. Every morning it gets a little better. Hi, I'm Aria. I'm a sophomore at NYU, studying journalism and media culture and communications. Thank you, thank you, Aria, for being with us today. Yeah, thank you. Um, this is such a beautiful and poetic piece, and there are so many 
intriguing element in this essay. Yeah. I'm so curious about. So, could you walk us through this story a little and tell us what who is this story about? Yeah, I wow, it. There's so much to this. I don't really really know where to begin. I guess this is about my ex. Um, I wrote this piece over a month ago when we broke up. So I wrote this. You know, the morning after we broke up, and we were long distance for、um, almost two years.、Um, so that's why, like, we broke up over the phone because he's、oh. in Pennsylvania. <laughs> That must be very hard. It was. It definitely was.、Um, I think right now, you know, when I wrote this, it was really hard. All right. Okay. So this is this. Piece is from, I guess I wrote it based off of like the journal I wrote after the morning after and then the week after. So I like wrote a bunch of journals、um, after we broke up, and I guess this piece is kind of like a collection of the words that I used in my journal. Mm-hmm. It does seems like there's a lot of emotion stuffed and fueled in in the words of this essay.、Mm-hmm. And one question I have, and, and something I'm really curious about when I was reading this, is why did you choose to write this story in second person? Yeah. So、um, one reason is that. I think this is just how I think. Like in my head, I always, when I think, I always like pretend that I'm talking to someone. I don't know if anybody can like relate、mm-hmm. to this, but like I would like, you know, pretend that I'm talking to someone, and that's my way of like organizing my thoughts.、Um, so I think in conversations, and like you is like me being in conversation with myself when I write. It's like I'm. Talking to myself, saying like this is how you feel, and I feel like,、um, you know, obviously this is a very intimate and personal essay, and、um, so all these you is actually like I, right? Like I feel this way, like my mother feel this way,、um, but I think using you kind of. Make、it changes, yeah. It like changes the intimacy. It's almost like oh, you. It's like it's it's both more intimate and less intimate at the same time. You know, it's like oh, I'm removing myself, but I'm also like looking at myself from like an outsider perspective, almost like from like God's POV、mm-hmm. to look at myself and look at how I'm feeling.、Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, as like a, a literary choice, I guess using you is also like talking to the reader. Like whoever's reading it, like like breakup is such like a universal emotion, right? Like people, most people go through breakups in their lives and romantic love, of course. So I think using you as a way of like communicating to whoever's reading this, like y- you, like you might be feeling this too. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Yeah, <laughs> we've all gone through it. And what we want to want to talk about today is how a heartbreak can fuel one's creativity.、Mm-hmm. In your case specifically, this is definitely the case.、Mm-hmm. And we were just talking about you might want to submit this essay somewhere. Yeah, totally. And,、um, last week we sat down with Susan Shapiro, who is a published writer on Modern Love, which is the column that inspired this podcast in the. First place,、right. and she wrote a book called Five Men Who Broke My Heart, and one of her inspiration or motivation.
motivation to write the book is just to go back in the moment of time and see revisit some moment that she might have some regret or have some rage、mm-hmm. at the moment, have very strong emotion towards a person,、mm-hmm. and going back in time and revisit those moment make her find new pieces of herself in the process.、Mm-hmm. So since you wrote this essay weeks ago. Now reading this essay again, how do you feel about it? Do you think you've changed any? Is there any new emotions that rise from it? Oh yeah, absolutely. So much has changed、um, since I wrote this essay. I mean, so much, but also so little at the same time. Because, like, you don't really you don't change in just weeks, right? But at the same time, you're also like a new person every day and every week.、Um, I think. When I wrote this, I was very deep in sorrow. Like I, I was almost in denial. Like I just could not, you know. I use grief. The the essay is titled "A No Bit for Love," so it's like, like love, love dies. Like love died. The relationship died, and then you're grieving that the end of that relationship. Sometimes you break up, and it's very traumatic. Like maybe they cheated, or maybe they did something like unforgivable, and you're like, okay, like I'm out, I'm done, right? But that's not really the case for me or for us, I guess, because the relationship was like death by a thousand cuts. Like nothing. Nothing really unforgivable happened. It just slowly、um, fell apart. So I think, f- but but we still loved each other. Even like at the end, we still loved each other, and we had passion. We had care for each other. It just wasn't、um, functional anymore. So I, I think I was really having a hard time accepting that, like ending a relationship that was that was really that was really passionate. You know, a lot of intimacy and comfortability and and connection with this person, and now he's not he's he's not going to be in your life anymore. I think that's really hard to accept.、Um, but right now, I think, you know, I'm thinking like, you have to at some point you have to let go of potential and accept reality. Like a lot of it was like, oh, we had so much potential. We could have been so happy together. Like, oh, if we just like tried harder, if we like didn't do this, then we could be so happy right now. Like, you gotta like let go of that potential and just accept that. Okay, like what happened has happened, and now like I'm in this stage in my life where being single is really the best thing for me to do right now. Like I'm learning to be with myself and.、Um, To really like accepting myself and loving myself, which was really lacking in our relationship. So I think right now is a good time for me and him to be with ourselves.、Um, so I guess I'm like seeing the positive part of the breakup now, whereas when I wrote it, it was all like, oh, oh my god, like. I lost love, you know. <laughs> It's sort of like this、uh, five stage of grief. Oh, totally. Yes. So you've already gone past the denial、yeah. stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's really true that、um, a lot of people walk into a relationship. And finds companionship in that way,、mm. and it's really hard to let go. I think as a part of human nature, you need companionship、mm. and comfort from another party, whether it's in a romantic relationship or in a familial relationship.、Um, and once you get it, and You lose it in your life. It feels like a, such a stark contrast、Absolutely. that at the moment it's kind of hard to、um, accept it. And I've gone through breakup. Most of our audience probably have gone through breakup, so they can definitely relate to this. And I think the 
um, second person choice <laughs> was really smart right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also want to go back to your commentary about the imaginary dimension of a relationship, mm. um, because part of romance, I feel like it is partially in your head. Mm, absolutely, the, the potential, like absolutely, you said. Yes, I've actually heard. From my friends saying,、um, they think the flirting stage is the best of any relationship <laughs> because there everything is built upon expectation. Yes, like nothing really.、Um, Nothing's happened ha- yet. Yeah, yeah. But it's like the not yet. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yes. And、totally. once you walk into the relationship, now like, you have the expectations, bubble, right? right. Responsibilities、yeah. and everything. You're right. Most of the real relationship is in your head, and I think it's at least for me a lesson I learned from this relationship is that I just really have to separate what I.、Um, What I want versus what I need, right? Because I feel like,、um, and this is okay. So like after the breakup, I started reading this book by Bell Hooks, all about love, and she like, you know, really dissects romantic love or all aspects of love.、Um, and I think one thing she said that really resonated with me is that when you grow up and happy, or as a child when you weren't loved properly. You grow up and you thinking that romantic love is all you can get, and I think that's absolutely the case for me. You know, I grew up、um, with a single mom, and I feel like I really like lacked、um, love, especially the masculine kind of love. I didn't really have a father figure growing up, so now as an adult, I rely or I relied so heavily on my romantic partner. To provide me that comfort, to provide me, you know, safety, security, love—like everything I lacked as a kid—I was kind of expecting him to provide that for me. And I'm sure, like a lot of people do, and it, like it's okay to do it. But like, I think I wasn't just—I wasn't aware of that in the relationship. And I always wanted it to be perfect, and it's not supposed to be perfect. A good relationship should feel good 75% of the time. And I was just so. Like unsatisfied, I wanted it to be like a hundred percent all the time. Like I wanted everything to be perfect, and I would like constantly be, you know, picking fights. Not like picking fights, just like voicing dissatisfaction. Just I wanted it to be perfect, and I think that's something that I've learned from this relationship is that going forward, I think. Really accepting reality and just like get out of your head and like you really have to separate what you think a perfect love is versus the love that you actually put effort into. That that the real love that you have is something that you have to cultivate and something you have to like work with, right? Like love is like you both have to work towards something,、um, and I think think it's really important to differentiate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what you said about your childhood、um, experience really interested me because in the past, I think like four episodes ago, we talked about psychoanalysis and how Freud would explain romantic love.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> Freud. One element is that、um, your childhood experience really shape. How you expect out of love? Again, it's the certain expectation, what you can get, what you can get. We tend to suppress it because 
um, social expectation out of us. We want to be seen, perceived as a strong and independent woman.、Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean the needs and the desire is not there. Right. Like every time I see you, I feel like you have everything pulled together. You know what you're doing. <laughs> oh my god. So, yeah. And I think we're talking in a very philosophical level. I、yeah. don't know. Maybe it's me. Yeah, I brought、totally. it to like talk about sex analysis. <laughs> so, do you have any like? A incident or like stories from a relationship you would like to share? So it's really funny how we met. So we, when I was in, we went to the same high school, but we didn't know each other in high school because he's,、um, he's two years older than me, but he's three grades above me. So when we were in high school, I was a freshman and he was a senior. So we like didn't know each other from high school. Like we didn't even meet in person. We just like talked for a week and we like added each other on Snapchat or something, and like. That was it. And then two years later, I was living. It was、um, the summer after I graduated from high school. I was living with a friend,、um, and my friend invited him over, and that's how we like actually met in person. And we didn't start dating until I came to New York because we knew, obviously like we knew that I was gonna go to New York, and we were like, okay, maybe it's not good to like start a relationship. Since you're like going away, but once I'm in New York, we were still in touch and we had strong feelings for each other, and that's why that's how we started dating. So the relationship started as a long, long distance relationship. I don't blame the distance that much, actually. In the failing of our relationship, I feel like the distance was it definitely made it difficult. When it really started getting hard was. Uh, the past summer, I went back home to Shanghai, and we were like, you know, not just like states away, but we were like a whole world away、um, from each other. So that was when it really started getting hard. But I actually do like I I would do long distance distance again. I really wanted us to have a future together, and I put that pressure on him so much. So one of our biggest conflict in the relationship was I would be. Like constantly asking him, like, when are you gonna move to New York? And that was a question that really, you know, that that was really difficult. That was a conversation,、um, really difficult for us to have because he was in this,、um, I guess, stage in his life where he was really confused and he didn't like know himself yet and he didn't like know exactly what he wanted to do in life. There's a part of your essay where you said, "18 years after your father left, your mother's headache." Now lives forever in your body. That's very interesting. It feels like you are putting yourself in the shoes of your mom,、oh, and、yeah. you're living the experience that she has lived. So, could you could you tell us more, like how you feel when you wrote this sentence? Oh, absolutely. I think about my mom a lot. You know, like I said, I was raised by a single mom. My dad cheated on her when I was. Well, I don't know when the cheating started, but they divorced when I was three. So and because he cheated and he、um, basically like ran away with his mistress, so you know, growing up, I saw my mom. We don't talk about this often. We don't we don't talk about her marriage often. But I like I see it right. Like as a kid, you witness it. You I, I witness my mom being so lonely, and she she really loved my dad really deeply, and she never healed. From that betrayal, and I I carry that with me, you know. Like、um, I'm not saying my ex was like my dad, but you know, in a way, I think this feeling of being abandoned, you know, as a kid, I I felt abandoned 
right? Because even after my after my parents divorced, my dad was not present in my life at all. Like he was an absent father. So that feeling of abandonment, I carry that into adulthood. So when 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 a man leaves me in adulthood or in a relationship, the feeling is fam- familiar because that feeling of being left comes up again. And I think that's why it it hurts so much. So I think in that way, I I understand my mom. Um, a little bit more now, not entirely. Obviously, like a divorce and a breakup are completely different. But you know, I do think that there is something, especially as women, we pass down um, traumas, we pass down our hurt from mother to daughter to daughter. In a way, I do feel my mother's hurt, but I also feel her strength. It's really funny because in my essay, I said insomnia is the only like form of pain that she admits to because she never talked about how heartbroken she was when my father left. But she would say, "Oh, like the day that I got divorced, I did not, I could not sleep." So that's her saying I was, I was in pain after my. Breakup. My mom will be like, "Have you been sleeping well?" I'll be like, "Yes, I've been sleeping okay." So she she doesn't ask, you know, "Are you okay?" Like, "How do you feel?" Like, "Do you miss him?" Like, no. Like, she just asks, like, "Do do you sleep well?" Um, so I think it's really funny. There's this like generational trauma being discussed so like implicitly here. I think your mom would be really proud <laughs> where you're going through and where you are、yeah. at right now. Considering like people take years to get over a breakup, it it's a、I、long、know. process. It, it really it's、is. more emotional than material. I think it was like three weeks ago. I got a text from Aria said <laughs> she has a story for me. I was like, oh, that's exciting. So tell me about it. And then she said, oh, I recently just broke up and I want to.、Um, Voice this through your podcasts. My question for you is: Why did you decide to write this story and share with others in the first place? Yeah, you know, I'm a I'm a journalism major, so I I think of myself as a storyteller. Writing is my、um, healing process. It's a part of my heal. It's part of my coping mechanism. It's part of my healing process. I think you know, in a way, like you said,、um, heartbreak fuels creativity, and I think I just had this urge to to write after I broke up, and I feel like a lot of people can probably resonate with this.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we really appreciate it. This is such a beautiful story. By the way,、um, this podcast is turning into a therapy session. If anyone wants to come in and just. Scream out! They're dump their trash here. You're welcome to do so. I think we are at the time now. So thank you, Aria, for coming, and thank you everyone for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at eastvillage.lovestories. We are a submission-based podcast, and we aim to build a safe community for candid conversations and open minds. What is love to you? I'm Selena, East Village Love Stories. See you next time.